The Flint water crisis is about to enter a new phase. On Friday, Arson Governor Snyder attack. announced an end Terrifying to the bottled water giveaways. And today, a number of Flint community groups announced they the new information is the NRCC, which is the campaign arm of the House Republicans, were hacked. The NRCC actually confirmed to Fox that yes, there was a cyber intrusion by an Lately I've been reading, watching the nightly news Don't seem to find the rhythm, just wanna sing the blues Feels like a song that never stops Feels like it's never gonna Gotta get that fire fire back in my bones Before my heart heart turns into stone So somebody please pass the megaphone I shout it on the count of three Oh, hear my prayer tonight, I'm singing to the sky Give me strength to raise my voice, let me testify Oh, hear my prayer tonight, cause this is do or die The time has come to make a choice And I choose Let it go When I was young, my eyes were full of life But now that I am older, I live at the speed of light Feels like the cycle never stops Feels like it's never gonna Gotta get that fire, fire back in my bones Before my heart, heart turns into stone So somebody please pass the megaphone I'll shout it on the count of three
need that joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. Guys? Hey, you guys? Why don't you come back in your square? Let's do this again! Merry Christmas. All right. Man, that was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Now, that's going to be online on your Facebook. So if you get a chance, put that share button, share with your friends, and uh, speak some joy into people's lives. And I appreciate the hard work of our team to put that on. And uh, what a great time that was. And, um, well, hey, today we're talking about joy. Joy. And, um, you know, it's great joy. I know Tom already gave himself credit for it, but, you know, it's his birthday today. And a happy birthday to Tom. And happy birthday to Mom. It's uh, Tom's mom's birthday, too, so appreciate you guys. And uh, I pray that it's a great day of joy and uh, a great day for y'all. And uh, so happy birthday. And uh, as we talk about joy, um, it's important to understand uh, that, you know, what joy is. We need to know what joy. So in this series, Christmas Unwrap, we've been unwrapping the different key words. Uh, first week, we talked about hope. Uh, last week, we talked about peace. And today, joy. And so what's the difference between joy and happiness? Joy and happiness. Now, you can be happy and not have joy. You cannot be happy but can have joy. Let me say that again. You, you could have a day of non-happiness, but at the same time, underneath that non-happiness, still live a life of joy. And that sounds kind of weird. How that happen? That, that you can not be happy and still have joy at the same time. And so it is possible also to have happiness and joy at the same time as well. And so what is the difference, real quick, what is the difference between happiness? Well, happiness is the root word of hap. You know, or we hear happenstance, happenstance. You know, there are moments in my life that make me happy. I, for, for example, um, very, very, very soon, on 20, uh, Hall Road and Shainer, it's my favorite store that's going to be open. My favorite store is the Krispy Kreme Donut. <laughs> and that place makes me very happy. If you've never been to a Krispy Kreme Donut, I was just telling somebody uh, earlier today, this morning, because I'm really excited about it. I'm talking about it nonstop. Okay, it's happening soon. I don't know when, but very soon. And I drove by it the other day, and it, I mean, it's there. It's getting close. And I, I said, you know, the key to Krispy Kreme it's in the window of the, of the donut shop. It's the flashing red light that says, Hot Donut Now. And I, I don't know what happened, but somehow my car has a mind of its own. And automatically, when it sees the hot donut sign blinking, my car just naturally just pulls into the parking lot. Right? Against my own will, it just does it. All right? and it pulls in. And you walk in, and when the hot blinking sign is on, you, you walk in, and they give you a free one. I mean, that's the best donut right there. It's free. 
All right, and they give you one. They take it right off the, you know, off the oil. Uh, it's not so healthy, right? But <laughs> it's floating on a pond of oil, hot oil, that's been dripped with frosting. And you take it out, and you put it in your mouth, and it melts. Melts in your mouth. It's my happy place. It's my happy place. But there are times in my life where, you know, it may not be happy. And any time I go to a, a funeral, right? That's not happy. But oftentimes, I can still have joy. I, I, I'm, I have, I, you know, met many of us that have experienced loss, and I've been with you to comfort you during that time of loss. You know, whether it might be a, a family member, a husband, or a wife, or, or a parent. And, and I could be with that person. And although they're sad, they have a certain joy that goes much deeper than happiness or non-happiness. You see, happy is shallow. Joy is deep. Joy comes out of, out of this out of the idea that, God, you're in control. No matter what, I may not like it, but I trust you that you have a plan. And, and because of that, you give me a certain sense of joy. And so we're talking about joy today, not so much happiness, because happiness comes and goes, but joy... You get to choose it, and you get to choose to live in it. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about the wise men. We talked a little bit about the wise men last week. But we're going to see how they were on a journey for joy. The wise men, they were called the Magi, which meant that they were a combination of doctor or philosopher, astronomers, Scientists, they were very well educated. They come from the region of the Babylon, where it was, or modern-day Iraq. That's where they came from. And, and so these guys right here were very influential people of their times, very powerful people. But at the same time, these influential, powerful men, they were empty. They were empty on the inside. They were empty. And how do I know this? It's because they left everything that they had to follow the star so that they could find meaning and purpose and fill the God-shaped hole that was in their heart. I mean, it, they, they left everything behind. They left their wealth. They left their influence, their power, they left everything. They've been searching all their lives for happiness. They've looked for happiness in their relationship. Maybe they've been looking for happiness in their material possessions. Maybe happiness in their job title, in their education. And at the end of the day, they were still empty. And they left everything to follow the star and hope of finding something. And, and for them to leave, it wasn't like, hey, we're going to be gone for the weekend. 
These guys, like I said, they left a thousand miles away, a thousand mile journey to follow a star that came out of nowhere. And they had probably remnants of scriptures, you know, and biblical history from the Babylonian Empire when they took over the, the Israelites and the Jewish, Jewish people 500, 600 years before Christ. And so they probably heard the story of a Messiah. They probably heard of a story that there was going to be a star because it was all prophetic. And so one day they probably woke up and said, hey, there's a new star out here in the east. We should, we should go check it out. We think this is the star that we've been looking for. And so they traveled over a year, if not more than a year, leaving everything behind to find what they were looking for. Now, some people don't realize that the wise men were not at the first Christmas at the Nativity. Now, we always put them in the Nativity because it's convenient, right? It makes a nice little scene, and you've got Joseph and Mary, you've got the baby Jesus in a manger, and of course, you've got the wise men around it, and, and, and that looked nice, looked pretty, but that's not a reality. In fact, they got to Bethlehem when Christ was two years old, about two years of age. And so here they are, they get there, they're on this journey, they're willing to risk it all, they were willing to lose it all, they had nothing to lose, they had everything they thought was going to bring them happiness, but they had no happiness, only emptiness in their heart. They traveled for a year plus, if not more, they get to Jerusalem, they go to the palace of King Herod, and, and they were welcome in. They said, hey, we're here to worship the king of kings. We're here to see the king of kings, the Messiah. We saw the star in the east, and, and we wanted to follow it because we believe that God has impressed on us that this was the star that we needed to follow to find Jesus, to find this Messiah that will lead us to fulfillment and meaning and purpose in the king of kings. And so here it, you know, he calls in his religious scholars, you know, he brings them in and says, hey, what's going on here? And they say, you know, yeah, I really think this might really be the case, Herod. You know, there's, uh, there's uh, in the Old Testament, talk about a Messiah will be born in Bethlehem, the star, and they talk about all this, and talk about this with Herod. And if you think about it for a minute, for a moment here, I find it very interesting that these religious scribes knew everything about the Old Testament. They knew everything. They were great at religion. They knew the Bible. They had the Bible memorized. They knew of the prophecy. They, they read it. They, they talked about it with Herod. They knew right where the Old Testament prophet said that the Messiah would be born. They, they, they talked about this. And yet, at the same time, they didn't make the short trip to Bethlehem to worship the new king of kings. And, and when I talk, now, Bethlehem from, Jude, from Jerusalem to five-mile hike. It's just right down the road. And, and they knew everything about it, but they didn't care to worship it. See, they had religion. They were very religious, but religion doesn't take your emptiness away. It doesn't fill the God-shaped hole in your heart. Religion, in fact, just fills you with more guilt 
relationship fills you with more burden. It's a relationship with God that lifts your depression, your burden, and fills you with joy. Relationship. Religion, religion just burns you more. Religion is all about trying to do everything just right so that God will receive you, that God will accept you. If I just do it just right. It's not about religion. It's all about a relationship with Christ. A Christmas, it's all about God coming to us and giving us the free gift of grace. It's heaven coming to us. And all we have to do is rest in him and accept him, not religion. I don't care what religion you're from. I don't care what denomination you come from. All that matters is that you have a relationship with God who made you through his son, Jesus Christ. It's all about relationship. Religion will steal your joy, but relationship with God will fill you with unspeakable joy. Well, after they left King Herod, the star appeared to them again. And, it, and the Bible says something very powerful in this verse I want to look at. The key verse in Matthew chapter 10, verse number 10. So look at the Bible. The Bible says that when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They were filled with joy. Another translation said this, that the wise men rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. In the Greek translation, when you look at the Greek writing, there's an extra emphasis on this idea of joy. Not just joy, but joy upon joy. These guys were literally jumping up and down with joy. They were so filled with joy that they couldn't contain it. They were excited. Have you ever watched The Price is Right? Yes. I, you, you've seen the show, okay? There's a joy. Have you been on it? Okay, keep been on it. Have, were you called? Uh, Debbie, were you, were, did they call your name? They didn't call your name. Okay, but you were there. It, it's exciting. And you watch that show, and they, they call your name. What happens? Man, joy takes over. I mean, they're, they're running up and down the aisle. They're hugging people. They're hugging people that they don't know. You know, they're so excited. They run up to the front. I mean, that's the kind of joy we're talking about here. All right? I mean, woo! I mean, just that kind of excitement, that kind of a joy. And here's the question I want to wrestle with this morning. It's how do I experience that kind of joy? The joy that's just unspeakable, that joy that's just coming out of you. How do I have this kind of joy that bubbles up from the inside and just overflows in my life? And it overflows in other people's lives. Uh, and people want to be around you because joy is living in you. People are drawn to you because of joy living in your life. How do I live it? How do I get there? If you're taking notes, here's the thing, here's the quote, that, well, here's the statement I want you to get this morning. How do I experience this kind of joy? Here it is. Follow after the things that matter. 
We had to follow after the things that mattered. The wise men followed after the things that mattered. They have been following after success. They have been following after possessions, material goods, accumulating wealth. They've been following after achieving influence, power, and it just left them empty. But when they started following after the star, it changed everything. They followed after the things that really mattered. And here's the point. You might want to write this down. It's a powerful truth that's already in your handout. What you follow after determines where you find yourself. What you follow after determines where you find yourself. What you focus on determines where you live. What you focus on, and this is the key, what you focus on determines where you live. So under the tree, I got some stuff here I want to bring out. I've got several things here. First of all, I got the hula hoops. Trust me, I'm not going to do the hula hoops here. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry to disappoint. <laughs> not happening. But what we're going to do is create three zones. I've got the blue zone here. I'll put the red one right here. And I'll put the yellow one right here. Three zones. What you think about, what you focus on, determines what zone that you live in. It determines where you're at. You know, talk about getting in the zone. I remember when I was in high school, and we'd get on a, uh, on a bus to go to a basketball game or to a soccer game, and um, I'm on the soccer team or on the basketball team, and you get on the bus and the coach... You know, by the way, we got the cheerleaders, you know, they're on the bus, and, you know, our guys, you know, we're just about to float with the, you know. And, and so the coach was like, okay, guys, quit floating. All right, quit trying to impress. All right, I want you to get in the zone. Get your head in the game. And start focusing. And I didn't know what that means. You know, I'm just sitting there, and um. I, I, I guess I try to think of scenarios in my mind of how I take out, you know, the other players, break their legs or something, you know, get the ball, you know, and, and kick it. Or if it's a basketball game, I, I, maybe I'm thinking about, okay, I'm going to steal the ball, I'm going to run down, and I'm going to dunk it, like, out of the blue, but I've never been able to dunk. But, you know, you start thinking of these weird off-the-wall scenarios. I, I couldn't quite get what the coach wanted me to do. He just wanted me to get in the zone. He wanted me to start getting serious. And so all of us boys, we're, we're thinking in the zone, getting in the game, getting ahead. We, we got a two-hour bus drive. That's all he wanted us to do is get in the zone. And God wants you to be in the right zone. He wants you to be in the right zone so we can decide where we live by what we focus on, by what we follow after. And so you see three zones that we often find ourselves based on what we're focusing on. We find ourselves in one of these three zones. And so I'm going to open up presents here. Today I got three gifts. 
I'm going to put gift number, this gift right here. Put this gift right here in this zone. And then I got this gift over here in this zone. And so we're going to talk about three gifts. What you focus on really matters. What you focus on determines where you live. Now some of you, this is where you're living. Some of you are in this zone right here. And if you open up the gift, this Mickey Mouse gift, uh, Mickey Mouse brings all kinds of sorts of happiness, may not mean that you have joy, right? And so you can see that at Disney Park. You know, it's exciting to see everyone coming in with happiness. But if you watch them leave, everybody's sad, okay, because they're leaving the, the happier place on earth. It's not a place that brings true joy. And so, but in this one, if you're taking notes, this is the first gift, if you're taking notes this morning, this is the hard hat zone. All right, got my hard hat on. All right, some of you live in this zone. This is where you live. You focus on circumstances. That's what your focus is. And because you're focused on circumstances and trying to fit things, you're trying to be in control of things. Tighten it up. Because it's gonna fall. There we go. You know, you're trying to fit them, and you're dressed out. You're, you are over the mat dressed out because you allow your circumstances to control where you live. There's no joy in this zone. And some of you, you're, you're so focused on everything going around you. You're focusing on your job. You're worried about your job, where it's going to be at the end of the year. You're worried about your health. You're so focused on the circumstances. The Bible says in James chapter 2, it's on your handout, but he says, you know, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and troubles. It's that Jesus said you can't find joy in the circumstances, but so often we don't get past the circumstances. And because we don't look past the circumstances and see God, we're so focused on what's in front of us that we're stressed out. We got the hard hat trying to fix everything. You see people's life broken. You say, I got to fix them. I got to fix that. I got to fix this situation. And you're all about control. You're all about control. Control would bring no joy. Absolutely none. And some of you live in this world. You live in this zone. You're focusing on your circumstances that bring no joy in your life. Some of you, you're over here. You live in this zone. And this zone got a little box here. And this is the second point if you're taking notes. Some of you live in the twilight zone. There we go. There we go. Great. That's great right there. I love that. All right. Sound effect right there. The twilight zone. Some of you live in this world. All you can think about is your alternate reality. Oh, woe is me. You got your eyes looking at yourself. You're looking at all, uh, all your troubles, all your despairs. And you're not even looking at circumstances. You're looking at your own stuff. And some of you, listen to this, some of you are believing in the lies of the world. You're not good enough. Uh, you don't qualify. What do you think you're doing? You shouldn't be doing that. 
And, and a lot of us, we live in this world of uh, believing in these self-lies that the enemy, our spiritual enemy, feeds us. It's called the battle, battlefield of the mind. That's what's happening. He gets in your mind. He gets in your thoughts. He says, you're a no-count. You're a loser. I mean, don't you remember what you did in the past? Why, don't you, why do you think you, you're good enough to do it now? And he gets in your mind. And you start to live in this twilight zone, this alternate reality where we should believe what God thinks about us. That we're one of a kind. That we're special and we're unique. Uniquely made by God for a purpose, for a reason. That you are a masterpiece. We were created as his workmanship, a masterpiece. You're, you're a Monet. That's what, you're, you're a Mona Lisa. You're, you're treasured above all else. That's what we should be believing. That's what we should be thinking. But some of us are in the twilight zone. Oh, woe is me. And because of that, it brings depression in your life. It brings you misery. There's no joy in this zone. You're miserable. Some of you are living in the hard hat zone where you focus on where you focus on circumstances which will distress you or cause distress. Some of you are living in this zone, or woe is me, which will depress you. But here's the third zone if you're taking notes. And it's this box right here. All right, this is going to be good. You always save the biggest present last, okay? That's just, you know, if you see a big gift, that's the best one, right? That's what we think. All right, and so here we go. And here's the third zone. Giant beach ball, all right? Well, here's the third zone. It's called the joy zone. The joy zone. This is where God wants you to live. You say, baseball, kind of a weird idea, Scott. What's this all about? Well, I'll tell you what. How many of you ever been to a game? Maybe to a concert? All right, you know what I'm talking about. You know where I'm going with this. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's a baseball. And, and now you don't care who's singing. You don't care if they're singing your favorite song. You don't care if it's your favorite hitter about to hit the ball. I mean, you don't care. All you can focus on is the baseball and... It brings certain joy because now you don't care if we're winning or losing. We don't care if the, if the sound of the band is terrible. You don't care because the beach ball is coming your way and you might get a chance to smack it. Right? And, I mean, you don't care if you've got to crawl over somebody to do it. All right? And, I mean, you, you might see a little kid that's trying to, and you just take it from him. All right? You're, you're that kind of a person. All right? And so, you, you bring, here we go. Ready? All right, here we go. Look at the joy. Oh, come on, let's keep it alive, people. Keep it alive. Here we go. Beach ball party. Tom, there you go, Tom. Happy birthday to you. Oh, come on, keep it alive, people. Let's get into this. All right, I'd like to, I'd like to see this hit somebody in the face. Oh, here we go. Oh, man. Jonah, 
Y'all not knows how to kill the party. <laughs> Our youth pastor, man, isn't it awesome? Hey, give it up for Jonah here. I tell you, you know, the ones on the side, they're really disappointed today. They're going to be like, I didn't get the baseball even close by here. You know, I mean, I was really hoping they'd come over here. Got stuck right in the middle. So you guys go to baseball hog, okay? And uh, so, yeah, I remember when we went to a restaurant in, in Florida, and actually in Alabama, and uh, it's the home of the Throat Rolls. And it's it, the best restaurant ever, all right? I mean, you're, you're sitting there eating food that's, you know, somewhat decent, but they come out, and the guy comes out and says, I've got hot rolls! And everybody got their hands up. Woo! You know, and, and they toss it over everyone's head. I mean, what a place of joy. Joy. And some of you here today, this is where you need to live. This is where you need to choose to live. To choose joy. But we're so focused on circumstances. Some of you are focused on yourself. But when you choose joy, you're focusing on God and others. God and others. Focusing on who God is and focusing on other people more than yourself. The Bible says here in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, 18, and 19, Command them to be rich in good deeds. Command them to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. You want to find true life? True life is living in the joy zone. True life is parking yourself here. True life is when you choose joy. But how you choose joy is when you focus on God and others. Now I'm going to give it some real quick thoughts here for taking notes. And this first, what are four things that we can do to live in this zone? Number one, worship God. We worship God. By the way, this is where we find the Magi in Matthew chapter 2. The wise men, they got to the house in Bethlehem, and here's what happened in verse number 11. They entered the house, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They worshipped him. They gave him their worship. You see, we are to worship God even when it doesn't make sense. We're the worship God. Even when things feel like it's falling apart, we find joy when we worship God. 
when we look up here and say, God, you're mighty, you're awesome, and I'm small, and I'm nothing. In fact, that's how the Lord's prayer opens up. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, holy is your name. Your name. Not my name. My name is nothing. It's your name. No matter what circumstances are going on, no matter what's going on in your, in your twilight zone of your life, you look at God and say, God, I don't get it, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to worship you, even when it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for the wise men here to worship God. You see, what is, this is a culture that when you go to worship the king, that you go into the grand palace, and you go into the throne room, and, 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 and usually the emperor is so revered, they, they treat him like a god. Right? And they've got all the, the wealth around the place. The room is full of glory and majestic. You know, you got the powerful throne in the center of the room, and you come walking in fear because you don't, you know, if you look at the king or the, you know, the emperor the wrong way, or if you say something wrong, you could lose your head. And so you kind of came in with this awe and, I mean, the fanfare up there. And so here, the wise men, they showed up at this shack. The house. Well, not much of a house, you know. I mean, it's not the house you're thinking of today that we live in, okay? We're talking about, you know, the, the little shack of a, of a house. Dirt floors. They walk in, and they knock on the door out of the blue. There was no, hey, we're on our way. We're going to see you in about 10 minutes. They knock on the door. You know, Mary's hair is in a bun, I'm sure. All right, Joseph, he probably got sawdust all over him. You've got, um, you know, Jesus maybe in the middle of the room playing with toys that, you know, these wooden toys maybe that Joseph made. I don't know. I know. And so, and so you can just picture this is not the cultural mindset of the King of Kings with the grand throne room, with the grand throne that a king would be sitting on. Here is Jesus maybe in the diapers. And these guys came in. It didn't make sense. It didn't look like any king that's ever been. But they got on their knees. And they worshiped. They worshiped Jesus. They worshiped him. What a, what a sight. It didn't make sense, but they did it. Because they knew who it was. For some of you here today, I pray that you start worshiping God. It, it may not make sense. It, financially, it might not make sense. You might be in a financial, uh, you know, hang-up. Say, God, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to worship you. It's saying, God, you're good, and all the time, you're good. Good, you're, you're good 100% all the time. And I'm with you, and I worship you. Here's the second thing here. If we want to move in the joy zone, we need to have a spirit-filled lifestyle. We need to live a spirit-filled life. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18, command them 
to do good. Let me say this. There's no joy in living like the world wants you to live. There's no joy in living a life that doesn't honor God to do good. Bible says in 2 Peter, Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 9, he said, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. You know, so if you're a believer in Christ, this is, this is what you should build on. On your faith, add goodness. And then to goodness, add knowledge of the, of the Word of God. Grow in your knowledge in who God is. And to your knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But here's, here's the verse number nine. But whoever does not have them, you're not living these things. You're not living a godly life. It says if you don't have them, it's nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Okay, you, you have Christ in your life, but you start to doubt who Christ is in your life because you're not living for God. And when you start not living for God, you start doubting who God is in your life, you start wondering, man, God, I don't think I'm a believer. I don't think I'm, a, I'm worthy of your love. Then we start to live in each other zone. We start to live in the hard hat zone. Or we start living in the twilight zone because we're not living the godly life that he wants to live. And we live righteously before Almighty God. I'm not saying perfection. None of us here are perfect. But when we strive to live godly life, there's a certain sense of joy that comes with it. Here's the third thing here. If you want joy, serve others. Serve others. Start living for others. Start being helpful to others. Paul says in 1 Timothy 6.18, he should command them to be rich in good deeds. Be rich in good deeds. So you get to be a part of something that is bigger than you. Together we can bring joy into people's lives by serving others. That's why here at Lake Point, man, we're blessed with an amazing number of volunteers. A number of volunteers that serve week in and week out. And, and when you hang out, I love hanging out with our volunteers because they, they, they love what they do. They get that this is bigger than themselves. That they get to be a part of something, of the work of God in God's house, in God's place, where we can impact other people for Christ. I love hanging out with our volunteers because there's a certain sense of, of joy when they're serving others. I love it when we see people at the food pantry. You know, they're, they're, they love to serve people and give, give, it, give it away and help them feed people with food. I love it when we're involved in serve events throughout the city and our community. We're showing that, we, that other people matter and we're excited to be a part of your lives. You're doing good. In, in good deeds. By the way, we've got opportunities. If you're not serving, there are opportunities here at Lake Point to serve. And, and this coming um, 
in a, in a few months, we're going to double up our food pantry team. We're going to serve twice a month. Now, right now, we do it second Saturdays of every month. And, and in a few months, we're going to add another Saturday so that we can continue to bless more people. With that, we're going to create two teams. So we have Team A and we have a Team B. And, uh, and so if you're looking to get involved in, in food pantry, we'd love for you to be a part of that, being involved in community and joy in serving others. But there, there's a great need right now in our LP kids. LP, LP kids volunteers, we need more people that will be willing to share joy with our kids. To, to love on these kids, to teach our kids. We've got w- different ways to get involved back. You don't have to teach. You can just, hey, I just want to love on them. I just want to love on them. I want to encourage them. Uh, we need more volunteers that would be willing to serve once a month that will help us in the back and, and help serve our kids, minister to our kids, love on our kids. The joy when you get to be a part of something that's bigger than you. We need more help in our setup team. You know, we need some more help coming early. If you're a person that can help with curtains, you don't have to be the, to pick up the heavy stuff. But, you know, you see lights. You know, that's not heavy. We just need some people to help us on a Sunday morning and, and, and serve so that we could be ready for church, be ready for our guests, be ready for you. And there's a certain amount of joy that comes with serving. Serving. And so I'm going to challenge you. On the back of your connection card, there's different ways to be involved. You say, hey, God, I'd like to be a volunteer. And you can mark, hey, you know what? I'd like to be a volunteer for LP Kids. Or I'd like to be a volunteer for Setup. Or I'd like to be a volunteer for the food pantry. Now, there's other ways to get involved. But there's a joy in serving on a team, that community. And you get to serve together. Here's the fourth one. Leading out with generosity. The Bible said that we're commanded to be generous and be willing to share. Giving frees me. When I start giving of myself, when I start living out of generosity, it frees me from the hard hat zone. It frees me from the twilight zone that moved me into joy. Bible says in Acts chapter 20, verse number 35, it is more blessed to give than to receive. The word blessed had the idea of joy. Man, it's a joyful opportunity for you to give rather than to receive. Look at the wise men. They gave gifts. In Matthew chapter 2, verse number 11, we see uh, when they worshiped him, they entered the house, saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We see those three gifts, and each of those gifts had a very certain meaning when those wise men gave it to Jesus. They gave gold, which was a picture that they said, hey, we see you as the king of kings. They saw him as royalty, and they gave Jesus gold. We believe that you're the king of kings. They gave frankincense, which was incense that was used in temple worship. What they were saying is that we believe that you're the 
that you're, that you're God, that you're the God of all mankind, that you're, we're to worship you as God. You are worthy of our worship. And then they gave him myrrh, which is an odd gift, very odd gift to give to a baby. Because myrrh was used to embalm the dead. It was something that the ancient Israelites would use. It was a death spice, so to, so to speak. It was a perfume that they put on the body. So that's a strange gift to give to a baby, right? But what they were saying is that we see you not as the king of kings, not only as the God of the universe, but we also see you as the savior of all mankind who will one day die for the sins of the world. Powerful, powerful gifts. And they gave their very best to Jesus. There will be times when we are focusing on ourselves. We'll live in this zone. We'll live in that zone. But we have to move out of there to get into the joy zone. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. In other words, you're blessed to be a blessing to others. You're enriched so that you can be a blessing to carry out the joy to other people, the unexpected to others. You know, we, the past week, uh, a, 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 a non-profit in our area just popped in and say, Pastor Scott, we're just you know, glad to, that we see what you're doing with the food pantry, we we'll see what you're doing with blessing families in our area. And, and they came in and, and, and they gave the church a check that they wanted to use to just help others. You know, we had a, uh, so we've been able to take that money and just been able to bless other people, people in our church that we knew that could use them extra joy. And, and there's a certain joy when, when I get to be a part of generosity of others. We, we had a, um, uh, you know, uh, American Legion, someone that worked at the American Legion come by the office a couple weeks ago and said, hey, I need a list of people in the, in, that you know that need that hurting that could use a Christmas gift for their kids. And I gave him a list. And then the past week he showed up, you know, with badge upon badge of gifts. I said, here we go. And they were nice gifts. And, and there, there, was a, there was a certain sense of joy when I, in his, that I saw in his face when he was like, hey, we, I'm so glad that we could do this. We've been blessed. And I want to be a blessing to others. When you give on Sunday morning, when you give the late point, you now God has blessed you in a certain way so that you can carry out the blessing to others. As we continue to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, there should be joy in the way that you give. Joy zone. Worship God even when it doesn't make sense. Where to live a spirit-filled life. Not perfect, not perfection, but one that honors him in the way that we live. We're to, we're to serve. Serve others. And then we're to live out and lead out with generosity. I believe when you do those four things, you'll find yourself here. 
You won't find yourself in a hard hat zone trying to fix everyone's problems. And being frustrated and stressed out because it's too much for you to handle. You won't live in a twilight zone where you just, oh, woe is me, and self-misery and depression. You get to choose which zone you get to live in. You get to focus on where you want to be. I follow up with things that matters so that I can bring joy in my life. I pray that you will find joy. The wise men, they discovered the true hope. They discovered true peace. They discovered true joy found in Jesus. For some of you here today, you need to know who Jesus is to give your life to him. If you want to know, have real joy is having Jesus first come live inside of you. That's the very first step. And for some of you, that's your next step today. It's receiving Christ. Our Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you today. We thank you for your word. God, I pray that we would choose joy. We focus on you and others, not on our circumstances, not on ourselves, but we focus on you. I pray that we live out joy to Christmas. And God, I pray that we will live out joy past Christmas all year round. And every day, God, we get to, we're challenged by our spiritual enemy where we want to live. God, I pray that we focus on the things that really matters. We get in the zone, the right zone. We get in the joy zone. God, we have to speak to our hearts and work in our hearts. The Christmas season. And you and I pray. Amen.